Hi, I'm Dina. And I'm Daniela. And we're H2O! And I am the Water Conservation Coordinator for City of Chandler. I am the city's new water conservation specialist. So we're here to talk everything water. It may sound simple, but water touches so many facets of our lives. Basically, we'll cover the H to the O of water. There are two reasons why you should never drink toilet water. Really? Just two? Number one and number two. (laughs) Well, maybe we should talk a little bit about water conservation. I think we might have that down a little bit better than the jokes. Okay, you might be right about that, Dina. Now, I know you've been working in water for a long time, and I was wondering what led you here. Okay, the way you said long time was a little uncomfortable, but um, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it's kind of crazy. So I kind of tripped into water, to tell you the truth. I used to work as a paralegal working downtown, and I had just had my new little baby. But so I didn't like wasting so much time on the freeway. I felt like I was missing out on a lot of his life. So um, the city of Chandler was hiring for back then what was called a secretary, now an administrative assistant. And I really didn't care what I was doing. I just wanted to work closer to home. And I got a job working in water quality. I learned what our field technicians were doing. And I learned it so well that I could actually talk people through the process over the phone. So I just felt like this is silly. Why am I getting paid to be an administrative assistant when they make a lot more money out in the field? So I started taking classes and I became a certified backflow tester and put in for the field job and I got it and I loved it. I loved being able to help people and I thought I would move into conservation. Back when our program started in 1990, our citizens were using 144 gallons per day per person. Wow. And I know, right? (laughs) And now today they're down to 116 gallons per day per person, which doesn't sound like a huge difference, but if we still needed that same 144 gallons per person with the population growth that we had, we would need an additional 7.5 million gallons per day to meet that demand. So originally you were motivated because you wanted to shorten your commute time. But now not only are you a resident of Chandler, but you're also an employee helping people like you talked about. So do you think that's a motivating factor for you, not just because water is a valuable resource, but because you are part of this community, you know, this is where you're from? hundred percent. I even even back when I was in water quality as well as conservation, when I was in quality, I knew that I was keeping the water safe for my direct family. And conservation, the same thing. I know that I'm helping to manage that long-term supply so that my children have water in the future and hopefully someday maybe some grandbabies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's really important for people to know because like you said, it's it's really personal to you, and I think people can really appreciate that. Well, now you've heard about me, and I know you haven't been in water conservation quite as long, but I know you've had a passion for conservation and the environment for a long time. So I am curious, you know, what led you here? 
Yeah, so my background's a little bit different. Um, no kids yet, but I, um, I am very passionate about the environment. I have a degree in conservation biology and ecology, so just a big biology nerd in general. And that kind of led me to different avenues and jobs related all to like science education and environmental education. And for a long time, I worked at Veterans Oasis Park, which is actually a really important part of Chandler's Water because if you've never been out there before it's a 113 acre park and they actually send water out there to recharge back into the ground for later use and conservation purposes so just learning about that process and and again being a part of Team Chandler over time this opportunity came open and I thought you know it sounded really interesting and I wanted to learn new techniques about the environment and so that's kind of what led me here with you um, and it's been a wild ride so far but I'm enjoying it <laughs> but before we start talking about water Daniela I think I need to hear another joke from you what did the sink say to the tap what you're a real drip <laughs> they must have been talking to you huh <laughs> so Daniela since as we know you are newer to this water business than I am uh, what would you like to talk about today drought. Nothing like starting with the big one, huh? Well, I've heard a lot about it in the news recently. The drought has been in the news a lot. And actually, technically, I guess you can say it's been shortage that has been in the drought. And I know it sounds like what's the difference between drought and shortage, but there is a slight difference. Drought basically is just a period of time where it's dry and we don't get a lot of precipitation. Now, period of time, our current drought for the state of Arizona has been running anywhere from 20 to 22 years, depending on which study you read. So it's it has been quite a while that we have been in drought. And you haven't heard anything about shortage or being worried about water in the past years. So what's actually going on with the shortage is on the Colorado River. And so the Colorado River watershed is made up of two basins, basically. We have your upper basin and your lower basin. Um, the upper basin includes Colorado, Wyoming, New Mexico, and Utah, whereas the lower basin includes Arizona, California, Nevada, and Mexico. Part of what's going on with the Colorado River is way back in the day, and please don't quote me because I don't remember the exact year, but it was in the early 1900s. They basically divvied out the river. And part of the problem is, is that when they divided it up, they based it on one of the wettest years on record. And they thought that was going to be the normal water flow forever. And unfortunately, it was the wettest. So basically, the river has been over allocated um, with the upper basin receiving 7.5 million acre feet, which is a lot of water. And then later, Mexico came into the picture, which they were well deserving of this water, but they weren't taken into account in the beginning. So that tacked on an additional 1.5 million acre feet. So basically we've been taking more water off the river than it has been serving us for a while now. And what the current shortage is based on is what's called the DCP or Drought Contingency Plan, which is based on the level of Lake Mead. 
and so the the current level of Lake Mead has dropped below 1075 and that triggers this shortage happening in in January. The lake hasn't quite reached 1075, but all indications are that it's it will be hitting 1075 in 2022. I'm still trying to wrap my head around everything you just said. Okay. So you've talked about the many different states and even country. You talked about Mexico, you know, needing this water. And so who does the shortage actually affect? The shortage itself actually affects Arizona and Nevada currently. Okay. So before we got to shortage, uh, most of the states and including Mexico, I should say most of the lower basin states, including Mexico, were leaving what we were calling conservation water in Lake Mead. Uh, So we had already started a practice of not taking all of our water um, in hopes that we would mitigate the lake levels and keep it above that 1075. Um, Unfortunately, this last winter was not exceptionally dry as far as snowpack goes, but because we have been in drought for so long, um, a lot of the water as it melted was soaked up by the soil, so we didn't get the flows that we were hoping for. Even though we were taking steps already, it wasn't enough. So now we reach a shortage level, which now requires us to take a cut um, to our Colorado River supplies. And now, what does that mean for Chandler? The good news is that, and actually I should say for the majority of the municipal cities in Arizona, there's not a big impact related to these cuts because the first ones impacted are in excess water, which is basically the water that they would use, the extra water that they would use to sell to the farmers. Um, So they're the first ones impacted. There's a whole priority system, like who had water rights first and how much they get. And so that's, it's it's all based on the priority system. So um, the cities themselves will not really be directly impacted in this first cut, but the drought contingency plan does have potential for future cuts if the river doesn't um, start to recover. That is a lot to take in, but... I think there's a lot more information on our website about all this, correct? Oh, we have tons of information on our website. Plus, I should also say Chandler has prepared for drought and shortage. I mean, drought is a very common thing in Arizona. It happens somewhat regularly. As I mentioned, 20 to 22 years that we've been in drought. Chandler has a very diverse water supply. So we have surface water, we have groundwater, and we have reclaimed water. So we have different sources, even where our surface water comes from. We have different places that we get water from so that we can... um, It's kind of like with your stocks, you know, you don't want to have all of your stocks in one stock and then have that one tank out. You want to uh, be able to have it spread around. So same kind of thing. We do. We have a diverse water supply so that we have different places where we can get water from in different situations. Well, all right. I definitely want to circle back to where water comes from. As we were talking about uh, that we have a diverse water supply, we actually have two watersheds that we receive our water from. The Colorado River watershed. Arizona is receiving a 30% cut of our CAP slash Colorado River water. But we also receive water from the Salt River watershed, which is technically where Chandler gets the majority of its surface water. And the Salt River uh, watershed includes, of course, the Salt River and Mm -hmm. the Gila River as well. Is that it? 
but oh, you know, there's <laughs> always more. <laughs> uh, we also uh, we have access to groundwater below us. And conveniently, we sit on a pretty deep portion of the aquifer, which just means that there will be water available there longer for us. Um, but we've also been recharging reclaimed water and surface water into the ground during wetter years so that we have it more available during our dry years or our drought periods. And we have, I think it's right around 33 wells now throughout the city of Chandler, giving us the ability to pull water out wherever we need it um, so that we can pr- meet that demand. For the most part, when people are turning on their taps, where is that coming from? So in Chandler, gosh, I think it was like in the 1940s, um, somebody had the brilliance of mind to say, you know, when, when it rains here, there's a lot of rain that comes down and we need to capture that. And so they put in policy that we have retention basins throughout the city. So almost 100%, not quite. There's a little old section that isn't designed this way, but almost the entire city is designed as um, a water retention. So it captures all of our water throughout the city, allowing it to percolate more quickly rather than running off to wherever the next place is grade-wise, which allows us to use a little bit more of our groundwater based on the fact that we have more percolation that happens in Chandler. The more and more I think we chat, the more and more we realize that we really are prepared and we have all sorts of different resources and innovative ways to capture the water that we have here in Chandler. Yeah, I would say we are definitely prepared. Um, I do also want want to mention we also have our reclaimed water as another source that we can send out to the system for lower quality uses like our large fields and our golf courses south of Pecos Road because we just don't have the infrastructure above there. But we do have that available and that allows us to, instead of using our most precious treated water that we can drink, we can save that for use for us. So it's kind of a conservation method as well. Um, But I I do definitely want people to understand that conservation is also a big part of our management and that's why we do so many things for conservation. Because it is an all-encompassing, we all need to participate in making sure that we have enough support for the future. Every drop counts. Yes, <laughs> quoted from our partner, Water Use It Wisely. Well, I want to thank you, Dina, for again explaining everything in such great detail. And as always, you can learn more about our water here in Chandler and learn more about the drought contingency plan, where Chandler's water comes from, and what you can actually do to conserve water in and outside your home at chandlerazy.gov water. And one more thing while we're at it, Daniela, anybody who's out there listening to us, and if you have more questions or you'd like some answers, reach out to our podcast people and let us know. We'd be happy to talk about that in future episodes. Yes, or email us at conserve at chandleraz.gov where we can check your email and then include it in our next episode. Well, thank you all for listening. We were happy to provide information and we'll see you next time on on H2O. And if you want to learn more about water, water conservation, and the water shortage, Tune in later this week for a special mini-sode with Councilmember Lopez and Warren Tenney with the Arizona Municipal Water Users Association. Why did the lake date the river? Why? He heard she had a bubbly personality.